0: We'll never lose our focus um, as a base in terms of talking about how do we fix our rural infrastructure issues, but we need to also be cognizant of the fact that we have broadband issues in our metro areas as well.
1: Hello, this is the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. If you've been paying attention to community broadband lately, you know that Colorado is one of the busiest places for municipal networks and one of the places where local communities are taking the necessary steps to regain local authority. Colorado is also home to Mountain Connect, a broadband conference that draws people from all over Colorado and even from surrounding states. Chris is presented at the conference and describes it as one of his favorite events. This week, he speaks with co-chair Jeff Kevlinski, who shares the story of how the event has grown to include topics beyond the original focus, which was rural connectivity. Jeff provides information on the upcoming conference, which is scheduled for June 7th through 9th in Vail. Jeff also gives us an in-the-trenches perspective on Colorado's existing state barriers. Currently, local governments face too much uncertainty to take any steps, even in creating partnerships with private entities. We bring you the Community Broadband Bits podcast ad-free each week, but we need your support. Please consider contributing to our work. It's easy. Go to ILSR.org and click on the orange Donate button. Every little bit helps. Now here's Chris and Jeff Gavlinski from Mountain Connect.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell. Today I'm speaking with Jeff Govlinsky, the co-chair of Mountain Connect, a wonderful conference that will be coming up in Colorado in June. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Christopher. Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely, I've I've known about Mountain Connect for a while, and last year was my first year attending it. And if I could go back in time, I would definitely get to some of those earlier shows. Um, you know, I, I, let's let's just jump right in with um, a description of what Mountain Connect is like.
0: Well, let's talk about the history. I you know the conference originally was started as a community-based effort to talk about uh, you know back in two thousand nine with the ARA funded grant. Um, the state of Colorado was awarded $100.4 million and that award went to, um, Eagle Net. And so Mountain Connect really started, uh, based on conversations around how infrastructure should be built based on how the grant was written. And so, you know, in the early days of Mountain Connect, you know, we're, we're celebrating our fifth year this year, but so over the, over the past five years, the conference has grown quite a bit, um, you know, originally the conference was set up uh, as a as a two-day conference to uh, get everybody in one room and and, and talk about um, where infrastructure needed to be put in our rural communities. And then last year, myself and my partner, Audrey Ganner, um, we changed the construct around so that it would look and feel like a traditional conference, and, and then broaden the voice as well. So we've reached out across the country, and I think this year we're going to have more of a national um, exposure to our conference.
2: One of the things that, that I definitely noticed was a real emphasis on uh, more rural communities. This this was not a gathering of people just from Boulder and Denver in Colorado Springs or something like that. It was a lot of mountain towns, and the people that came in from other areas uh, were from places like Bozeman, where it's fairly small compared to other uh, metro areas. So uh, is there is there something that you're doing to try and really attract more of these areas that have been left behind?
0: Yeah, so historically, you know, the conference, uh, originally the tagline to the conference was Rural Broadband Development Conference. And you'll notice in 2015, we've removed the word rural. And, and I'll get to why we did that this year in a second. But you know, again, originally going back to how the conversation started, it was really going to be the impact to our rural communities, um, and and what 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 do we need to do in in places like you know in Durango and Steamboat, um, and even places like Marble where they have no infrastructure. Um, so so this year we've removed the word rural, and I'm pretty excited about this actually because I think. We we do spend an awful lot of time. It's very important to talk about rural issues, but we also need to bring light to the fact that we have a digital divide even in places like Denver. So we have disadvantaged communities where they're surrounded by great infrastructure but don't have access to it. So we have students who, they may have good connectivity in um, in in the schools they attend, but once they get home, they're unable to do research or unable to get online and so we need to address this issue so I felt it was important to to be inclusive of the entire state and I think you know the other thing that is very important is as we started out focusing on rural issues we've caught some attention from neighboring states so as you mentioned um, um, Bozeman we have we will have folks this year coming from New Mexico and Wyoming And the surrounding states to see what we're, what we're doing. We'll never lose our focus um, as a base in terms of talking about how do we fix our rural infrastructure issues, but we need to also be cognizant of the fact that we have broadband issues in our metro areas as well.
2: One of the things that we like to preach is the all hands on deck approach. You know, you know, uh, and our listeners know that we're strongly supportive of community networks, but we've never suggested that that's the only path and that that alone could, you know, solve the, the problems that we need to solve. Um, And so one of the things I've enjoyed about Community Connect is that there's a lot of different approaches represented. You've got the munis, you've got co-ops, and then you've got multiple private sector approaches. You know, you have some of the big companies, but you also have WISPs that have been coming, the wireless internet service providers. And so I'm just curious, has that been a big motivation to make sure that everyone felt welcome at Mountain Connect? So
0: we, yes, very much so. Um, I think in the past, you know the first three years there was a lot of discussion around um municipal infrastructure, and we were very careful last year to be very agnostic in our approach to to infrastructure in terms of the technology delivering broadband and we will continue to do that so that uh, you know I feel like it's very I feel it's very important for us myself and Audrey, as we're putting on this conference to bring everyone to the table um um, which would include carriers, which would include WISPs, satellite companies, um, et cetera, to bring them all to the table to start the discussion. I mean, that's, I think, our, our responsibility to, to the citizens.
2: I think this that approach actually fits well in, in Colorado in particular, where you know, not only are you very clearly a purple state, uh, but you also have uh, the Department of local Affairs a state agency that i I think of as a bit of a model in terms of the state looking for how it can help local and regional approaches without stepping all over them and telling them what to do uh, and you know you you live there you have a better sense of what's happening. Would you say that that's the approach that that we've seen out of the Department of local Affairs?
0: I live in a region of Colorado that benefited from 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 dola. Um, we have a network down here called the scan network, which is a Southwest Colorado access network. And three years ago, DOLA, um, provided $3 million in grant funds to our region. And we, on our end had a, a, a multi-community $1 million match. And so we built a network down here to, to connect all of our community anchor institutions as well as um, as best we could, interconnect our communities so that we could, um, one obviously provide state-of-the-art broadband services to our com- community anchor institutions, but also at some point in the future, and this is something we're seeing right now, is we're able to do service sharing amongst communities, and so it's had a huge impact. Now, I was just at a meeting in Denver on Wednesday where this you know very same topic was brought up and what dola is going to be doing this year uh, for example is providing money for strategic infrastructure planning which is obviously a very important first step in any in, in any infrastructure project. And second of all going to be providing funding for middle mile projects. So which is a huge benefit because one of the things we lack in Colorado, especially in the rural parts of the state, is redundant and affordable middle mile which is critical to success for any community to have both of those things.
2: And when you mentioned a little bit earlier the uh, sharing of services among communities, do you mean like uh, sharing contracts and procurement type stuff? What did you have in mind there as to how SCAN has benefited the local governments?
0: Well I'll give you an example. Juvenile court proceedings, um, if you have a a juvenile that needs to be transported to, say, a court in Cortez, before you'd have to, they would have to be transported, you know, obviously via a police car. Today, all of that can be facilitated through video conferencing. So through this project, that's one of the benefits. Um, So if you think about it, we're saving... There's safety measures being taken there, as well as the cost of of transportation. So not only that, but virtual um, desktops—you know—any sort of cloud-based municipal services um, can benefit from from this network.
2: All right, Jeff. Let's turn to the the big elephant in the room in Colorado. You, uh, in Colorado, the the sort of movement we've seen. Behind the community broadband networks, uh, you know, just eight recent election in the in the most recent election, you had eight local governments voting uh, in favor of restoring their authority. You've got a state law that's that's written that's pretty murky. That cities basically have to, or I should say, local governments and rural areas as well, they have to pass a referendum before they can really do anything. Um, You know, are we going to see any changes to that uh, in this uh, coming uh, session?
0: As I understand that there might be something introduced later in the session to um, overturn or rewrite some of the language in Senate Bill zero five one five two. As it stands today, if uh, and I'll give you an example of why this is um, very difficult. So, if if you have a municipality that owns um, conduit that has, you know, obviously spent money to put conduit up and down their main street. Right now, Senate Bill 152 is written in such a way that there's no standard for them to say we can make a certain percentage of that conduit commercially available. Um, there's absolutely no minimum threshold. So most, most municipalities who have not opted out of Senate Bill 152 to revoke are not willing to challenge the language, despite the fact that it's very nebulous in terms of how it's written.
2: For people who might be a little bit confused, the um, Senate Bill 152 is uh, what's referred to as the Quest Law. It was a law that was passed back in 2005. So even though we still refer to it by its bill number, it is in fact law and is obstructing the ability of many communities to either partner with others or to use their own uh, infrastructure for the ways that might best benefit their community.
0: I, I believe the bill needs to be rewritten so it's, at a very minimum, very clear in its intent. Right now, it's not very clear, and I think that's where, you know, we get into the issues where where municipalities are unwilling to venture into public-private partnerships um, because of that the, the way the bill is written.
2: Mountain Connects going to be June 7th through the 9th. Uh, can I just assume that we'll be talking about a lot of these issues?
0: Our legislative session ends in May. So, you know, because our conference is the first week of June, it's, it's, it's the perfect time um, to have a discussion and hopefully we'll have some, some clarity in terms of what happened during our legislative session. And ironically, our conference team this year is success through collaboration. So we hope to be in a better position for our communities to collaborate uh, in, a, in a public-private construct.
2: Excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we end the show?
0: Sure. I'd, I'd like to at least give you an idea of what we're going to focus on this year at Mount Connect. Um, like last year, our core competencies or core topics we discussed are economic development, education, telehealth, fiber wireless communities. Um, those, those are sort of our core topics. And then so this year we're doing a, um, a, some new things we're going to bring to the conference. Um one thing we're going to do is we're providing a broadband one oh one class for our elected officials, and the intent there is to provide a good foundation for them. It'll happen the Sunday before the conference starts, um, but it'll give it should give them a good foundation to enter the conference to engage in better dialogue and hopefully ask better questions. We're also going to videotape this class, which will be a four hour session facilitated by dr david reed from cu boulder and what we'll do after the conference is make it available in its full version as well as a 40-minute condensed version so pretty excited about that
2: wow that's that's a really good idea
0: oh thank you this year you know there's a lot of new additional funds in e-rate so colorado for the next five years will have access to 93 million so that's going to be a focus of discussion um I also believe firmly that one of the things that's coming our way that we're not really talking about a lot is the Internet of Things and its impact to our strategic planning. So you'll see that being discussed um, at the conference as well. And I I spoke earlier about our digital literacy issues in in metro areas like Denver. Um, You'll see that being brought to the surface. And then the other one I'm really excited about too is um, we will have – all of our federal acronyms uh, well represented at the conference, you know, in terms of federal funding. But one of the things you don't typically see, or I have not seen at a broadband conference, is private equity or private capital. So I'm working to bring private capital to the discussion as well. So angel investors, you know, VC venture capital firms, as well as some of the large banks, as you know, like Cobank. So we're trying to make sure that we're we're covering all bases for our uh, constituents here.
2: Excellent. Well, I hope that we'll see uh, a number of people signing up and uh, meeting us out there.
0: Yep. We're expecting 400 participants this year. And uh, to sell out our exhibitor space, we're very much ahead of schedule from last year. So, And look forward to having you come out.
2: And thank you so much for all your and, and Audrey Gannert's work in uh, organizing uh, the event. I know it's a ton of work, but I, I think it's a very interesting event, and it's not your typical uh, kind of conference. There's some very interesting conversations that I had there that I had not had anywhere else, so thank you.
0: Well, thank you for that. Thank you. I, I you know, I really enjoy putting this conference on. It's uh, It's a labor of love in a lot of ways, and I, as I said earlier, I'm always looking for ways to sort of reinvent this conference uh, wheel, uh, if you will, and and think outside the box and, you know, add some add some different components to it that you don't typically see at, at other broadband conferences.
1: We have more information about the conference on the website, so be sure to check it out. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Community Nets. Please take a few moments to donate to ILSR.org to help us continue this valuable service. We want to thank Person for the song Blues Walk, licensed through Creative Commons, and we want to thank you again for listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast.